Hey, what's up? This is Crime Candy. I'm here to bring you another interesting episode. And here we go. So, in crimes, whenever people hear court cases and th- court cases and big fancy words are thrown around like Alfred plea or to give an example it's always wondering you know what does it actually mean it's a lot of times it's legally speak and so I thought with this episode I'd break it down and why sometimes we hear about this word like a client takes Alfred takes an Alfred plea what does it mean and why it's important okay so first we have to go back to the 1970s the this Alfred plea which is essentially a guilty plea came from a US Supreme Court case of North Carolina v Alfred and like I said the 1970s okay So Henry Alford was a black man in the South at the height of the Civil War. Oh, not war. Sorry. (laughs) Civil rights movement. Sorry about that. He visited a prostitute at a bar and allegedly got into a fight with Nathaniel Young. Young was later killed from a shotgun blast. Henry Alford was indicted for first degree murder in North Carolina in December 1963. After graduating just a few years ago, his attorney interviewed several witnesses and was convinced of Alfred's guilt. Despite Alfred's claims of innocence and no eyewitnesses to the crime, witnesses saw him retrieve his gun shortly before the murder, stated he was going to kill the victim, and then upon returning home, said he had carried out the acts. Alfred also had a lengthy criminal history, including a prior murder conviction, which unfortunately I couldn't find anything about. So the attorney believed that Alfred would probably be convicted in a trial and thus recommended Alfred plead guilty to secondary murder. He declared to the court that he was innocent and was pleading guilty only to avoid death penalty which might have been applied had he been convicted of first-degree murder. The judge sends Alfred to the maximum second-degree murder penalty of 30 years in prison after the trial judge accepted the plea bargain and ruled that the defendant had been adequately advised by his defense attorney. Alfred appeals and requested a new trial, arguing he was forced into a guilty plea because he was afraid of receiving a death sentence. So the Supreme Court of North Carolina ruled that the defendant had voluntarily entered the guilty plea, knowing what that meant. Following this ruling, Alfred petitioned for a writ of habeas corpus in the U.S. District Court for the Middle District of North Carolina. That district court upheld the initial ruling and subsequently to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit which ruled that Alfred's plea was not voluntary because it was made under fear of the death penalty. I just pled guilty because they said if I didn't, they would gas me for it, wrote Alfred in one of his appeals. This case was then appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court Justice Byron White, who wrote the majority decision, which held that for the plea to be accepted, 
The defendant must have been advised by a competent lawyer who could inform the individual that his best decision in the case would be to enter a guilty plea. The court ruled that the defendant can enter such a plea when he concludes that his interests require a guilty plea and the record strongly indicates guilt. The court allowed the guilty plea with a simultaneous protestation of innocence only because there was enough evidence to show that the prosecution had a strong case for a conviction and the defendant was entering such a plea to avoid this possible sentencing. The court went on to note that even if the defendant could have shown that they would not have entered a guilty plea, but for the rationale of receiving a lesser sentence, the plea itself would not have been ruled invalid. As evidence existed that could have supported Alfred's conviction, the Supreme Court held that his guilty plea was allowable, while the defendant himself still maintained that he was not guilty. Alfred died in prison in 1975. So essentially, what they decided was, the evidence was, even though he was, even though he believed he was innocent, the evidence against him was so great that he would have taken the plea bargain because, like he said, if he had it, he would have been given the death penalty, most likely. But there are questions like, why would a defendant use the Alford plea? So, many, many defendants use it because the evidence is too strong for trial to make any difference in avoiding conviction. The legal professional may explain that the irrefutable evidence will sway the judge or jury to the prosecution's argument and can still lead to a conviction for the crime, even if the defendant is innocent. Taking the chance of a trial could end this with stricter penalties than one pleading guilty through the Alford plea. The courts will treat this type of plea differently than the standard guilty plea because of the specific way the defending party will make the plea. An innocent person will use an Alford plea primarily because they lack the evidence to support their defense. Often in crimes, the alibi is weak, the evidence lacks strength against the prosecutor's argument, or there's no evidence to support the defending party against the conviction. And like in Alford's, Alford's case, the U.S. Supreme Court case, there weren't any witnesses and he's had a prior murder conviction. And witnesses apparently said that he, they saw him take his gun out and they saw him cock his gun and then he told people he did it. So that was, he, that was what the guy was up against. While the defending plea is like no contest, the accused will accept that they cannot defend against the charges successfully. The person still doesn't admit guilt, but the individual will accept the penalties as part of the process. The Alford plea may even sway the judge to decrease possible punishment. And essentially, he was sentenced to 30 years in prison instead of for first degree. You is more than likely either the death penalty or life in prison without the possibility of parole. So it's one of those things. So there are provisions that generally have to be used to make it appropriate in the courtroom to make this plea appropriate. The Supreme Court affirmed that this person should only use a plea in certain circumstances. The plea is legitimate when the individual can intelligently conclude 
that the plea is the best option. They must also have the prosecution against the case. With the strong indications of guilt, the plea is often contradictory because of the defendant's claim of innocence and guilt. And it's the only choice if there's no alternative and the prosecution refuses to negotiate a plea bargain. So the most famous example of this was is the Michael Peterson case or the staircase case as most people know it as. So even though Michael Peterson still said he was innocent, he pretty much said the evidence against me, he took an Alfred plea because the evidence against him was so strong and he had to spend so many years in prison. So that's pretty much probably what everyone refers to when they think of an Alfred plea. It's just one example. Um, it's generally available in all states except Indiana, Michigan, and New Jersey. So um, that's all the information I have on Alfred plea. It, I just felt like doing this because it's interesting where this where, where this term came from. And I hope you guys find it interesting. Um, and I hope you guys have a great day. And bye.